we have been focused solely on the practice and creating busyness versus focusing on the business itself and creating success. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. What's up, Remarkables? Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franzen. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Hey, we're coming in hot. <laughs> we are coming in just in for a smooth landing after an incredible immersion in Phoenix, Arizona, getting ready for a, another remarkable team building immersion in Brisbane, Australia. So we're just you know, we're bookended right now by a couple of big events with some incredible energy, some awesome growth. We had about 500 people get in a room. When you get 500 like-minded, on-purpose, servant-hearted chiropractic warriors in a room, Dr. Pete, the energy is unbelievable. Our team did such a spectacular job having all of our success partners there, having all of our clients there, having so many new guests. There's been so much growth in the remarkable practice. Just thank you all. We just so appreciate that so many people are coming for either through referral or through this podcast, which is just so awesome. We know that there's lots going on. There's lots of energy uh, and there's huge benefits of us doing the show. The a tree is known by its fruit and it's we're, we're getting to observe the fruit that's showing up at these events. And these, these remarkable CEOs or wannabe CEOs or people that are on the trajectory of becoming the new CEO, ah, man, it's just proof is in the pudding, man. So just really excited, really um, feeling very, very much edified uh, that, that we're on the right track and it's and just having so much fun. So today's conversation is going to be rolling right out of that immersion. We've talked about this before. Today, we want to really focus on this framework because I think it's going to make a massive difference in everyone that's listening, regardless of where you are in your journey, in your practice, whatever season you're in, what levels of success you're enjoying. It's an inflection point for almost every chiropractor when they realize that there's a difference between their practice and their business, right? So we're going to have that conversation today, the distinction between the practice and the business, understanding that framework, because the truth is, Dr. Pete, we know, speaking to thousands of chiropractors, we know chiropractors don't lay awake at night worrying about their practice. They lay awake at night worrying about their business. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. Yeah, Dr. Steven, uh, likewise, great to be with you as well in person. We love that. And it was so good to hear so many stories of uh, docs who also are listening to the podcast and how this has been a great encouragement for them and they enjoy it. So, hey, a shout out to all of you and thank you for sharing your, you know, your encouragement with myself, Dr. Steven. We're very grateful to be able to be with you every week uh, through this platform, this medium of communication. Uh, so thank you for tuning in and uh, just grateful for that. And, you know, to your point, Dr. Steven, I remember... Early on, hearing the phrase, the business hand and the service hand, right? Like you have your business hand, you have your servant hand, you have your business hat, servant hand. I thought, but no one ever really unpacked it for me. Like it, it was a phrase, it was said, and it sounded good. It made sense to me in a sense. And like, I, I could intellectually, you know, like come up with what I thought that that meant, but I never really understood it. No one ever really 
you know, unpack that for me. So if you're listening to this and you've maybe heard a phrase like that, maybe you're like, yeah, the business hand, the servant hand. And, you know, that was a big, maybe it was a DE kind of uh, way to talk shop. I feel it was coming out of that in experience for me. But this idea of, as you said, you know, the, the, the laying awake experience at night is not about the practice. It's actually in regards to the business. And what we want to make sure you have a full grasp and an understanding as a CEO listening to this. And if you're an ascending CEO right now, you would say, I'm in the season of launch or build and I'm moving towards a season of scale, knowing the four seasons. We want you to understand that essentially, if you look at your business, your business is the container and your practice actually is fits inside of that. It's kind of like how we talk about your business core values and your personal core values and your vision story, your your remarkable life and your business actually fits in, tucks up underneath your vision for your life, your vision for your business. So very in many ways, the container for your business and then your practice tucks up underneath that. And that's what we want to, we want to take some time today to, to unpack, shed some light, actually create some clarity and some organization for you around this and help you understand very practically like, oh, that makes sense to me. We're going to make it very practical, Dr. Steven. We're going to help through this just discussion and conversation around differentiating the practice and the business. Yep. Knowing as a CEO, you're listening to this, um, you are intimately involved in the whole experience, the practice and the business side, uh, that it all matters, but how to make it work and make it more remarkable. And I'm excited, Dr. Steven, for this conversation because it's become more apparent and more clear, especially as we have unpacked the four seasons of the, the chiropractor's career, we've recognized that it's very important to be able to di discern and understand like, what are we talking about here? That's right. Practice That's right. And I think, in business. I think the imagery, you know, that I carry when I, when I'm teaching this content is like the, the image of conjoined twins, Right. So we can we can recognize that. Yes, those are two. They're se two separate and distinct entities, if you will. Right. The you know, you've got your practice and you've got your business, but they are woven together. Right. So in such a way that they almost can't be separated. Right. There's probably shared tissues and shared organs or organ systems. Right. So you have to appreciate that that they are woven together. But the to, to pull them apart just for the sake of this conversation just creates a framework that makes it probably more manageable and more clear for you, right? So, mm -hmm. um, because the tr the truth is, is that there's so many chiros, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just use extreme examples, right? So, there's so many chiro chiropractors that we know that are they're really good at building a busy practice, right? So, there's like there's you you, you know who you're thinking of right now? These people have like these these big busy practices, right? So, practice entails attraction, right? lead generation, bringing new people into the, into your business through marketing. So you have internal, external and digital lead generation. So that's attraction. Then there's conversion, which is sales, right? It's compelling people to convert to care and to commit their resources to investing in your services to get, to reach their goals, right? So that's conversion. And then there's retention, which is delivery, right? So it's delivering on your market promise, right? It's educating and adjusting, right? It's, it's creating value and delivering value and, and that's practice, right? It's attraction, conversion, retention, right? So there are plenty of chiropractors out there that are like, yep, 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 check, check, check. I'm really good at that, right? So I've built a busy practice. And uh, if I were on a dry erase board right now, I would double underline busy, okay? So because you hear me using that word intentionally, right? So 
the conjoined twin of that practice is the business. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the business, if you were to look at our accountability grid and the domains are across the top, you, we've already said attraction. Then we said conversion. We said retention. Well, the next two domains are team and money, right? So it's the team building and it's the financial department, right? So the financial domain. So Dr. Pete, I'll, I'll suggest that if you looked at the accountability grid that way, the first three domains, that's the practice. And the last two domains, team building and financial, that's the business, right? So we've said it before, I'll say it again, team building is business building and business building is team building, right? So your team is your business and your business yeah. is your team, especially when you're in a small specifically mom and pop shops, but this is true, I think, across all businesses, right? So I can speak to having a brick and mortar business that's a service business. Your team is your business and your business is your team. And I know this to be true because we can have doctors who are using the exact same systems, doing the same things, saying the same things. But, you know, if their teams are not all, both a player teams, uh, you, you don't get the same outcomes, right? So the business piece of this is the team side of this as well as the financial side of it. And today, as much as we love to talk about the mechanics of the operations, today we're going to talk about the economics of the business. So you don't have one without the other, as you said, they're conjoined. I, I think that's a great, I believe that's a great example. They're conjoined. So to have a successful business, you have to have a successful practice. And to have a truly successful practice, you need to have a successful business. And we see examples like you just gave. And we were talking about earlier, before we started recording, just, you know, if you, you look in the chiropractic space and we talk about, you know, practices that don't exit well, you know, we talk about their owner operator personality driven practice as an example. Okay. So what would that be? That would, that would be a successful practice. Hey, I spent 20, 30, 40 years at, in this practice. And then I wasn't able to exit gracefully and profitably. What happened? Well, I failed to truly turn my job into a business. I, I went, I was a laborer, but never really ascended to the leader. Now I'm talking to an individual, but really what we're talking about is this entity. It wasn't really a saleable asset. It was a liability in many ways, because if you take the, the main chef out of the restaurant, you know, people are going to stop coming and eating there, essentially, unless you happen to get a phenomenal chef to come in and be able to pick it up. But then they're going to have to they're going to have to do it all as well, just like the other one. They might not want that. So we end up, we see that a lot in our profession. So, you know, if you think about it in terms of the four seasons, it's really, you know, when you're in the first season, you're launching and building, you can quote unquote, get away with really focusing on the practice, not get away with it without focusing on the business, but focusing more on the practice side and you can get away with it. But if you don't, transition that's why we talk about turning that job into a business making the ascension going through the identity shift of going from an owner operator to a ceo that is a that is an identity shift a transformation unless we go through that we end up busy as you said and working doing work we love to do in the practice owning the job and we don't see that transformation happen so there's there's multiple steps to this dr steven and you know, I'm, I want, I'm looking at my accountability grid in my mind and I'm thinking about the accountability chart. And I'm thinking if you were to scale, you bring out an associate and this is, this is often something that can go sideways because a doctor might say, I'm bringing out an associate to build my business. It's like, wait a second. Are you actually building, bringing an associate to bring the, build a business or are you build, bringing them in to help build the practice, right? Because if the practice is attraction, conversion, or retention, that actually is more accurate in regards to 
why you might add another doctor onto your team is to help with that versus I brought in a COO and the COO I brought in to actually run the business. Okay. Cause the business side is going to be, is going to be different to run. So you're running the, looking at the team, you're looking at the business offering, you're looking strategically, we're looking at how we're going to grow and expand and use leverage to grow this enterprise, the value of this operation, that would be a COO hire versus an associate doctor hire. Two different purposes for those two people. One would be building the practice, the other one building the business. So Dr. Steven, this is such an important distinction. It's also why we say how an office manager might ascend into the COO role while the business goes through the transformation from build to scale. Why? Because you go from just running running the team to now running the business. And it's a different, there's a, there's a different role with that. It, it changes. There's an identity shift. There's a functional shift. So I think the accountability chart and the accountability grid is very helpful framework, Dr. Stephen, for this discussion as, as you're listening and you're looking at, maybe you pulled up your accountability grid while we're, while we're on this right now. It, that's exactly how this works. They're completely connected, but each one is a distinct domain with primary functions inside of underneath that domain that tuck up underneath there that require leadership, direction, focus, strategy, goals, training, equipping, empowering, like all of that. And that's the, that's the dance and that's the marriage of the business and the practice. Doc, hundreds of our coaching clients have grown their businesses following our remarkable CEO program. Well, now it's your turn. We are kicking off a new cohort of remarkable CEOs this month. Enrollment's limited, so don't delay. If you're ready to turn your job into a business, make a bigger impact and a bigger income, the Remarkable CEO program is what you've been looking for. Go to theremarkablepractice.com forward slash REM CEO to apply today. Yeah, I'm going to pick up on your analogy of the restaurant, right? So... In keeping with where I started with the busy chiropractic practices, right? So the those practices that are are you know considered quote unquote, and I'm saying quote unquote successful, I'm removing I'm replacing the word successful with busy because we don't know if they're successful yet, right? What we do know they're busy, right? There's a lot going on, right? They're a busy practice. We're not sure if they're successful yet, right? So I can't tell you whether it's successful yet until I see the other side of the coin, which is the business side of it. Right. So at the end of the day, for a practice to really to reach its potential, to really be able to serve its mission, serve its pur purpose, serve its mission, manifest its vision, it has to be sustainable, which means it has to be profitable. Right. So what we know about business is it takes four things. It takes a purpose. It takes a product. It takes people and it takes profit right? For something to be optimized as a business, right? So in the chiropractic, do we have a great purpose? Check, right? So we have an awesome purpose. We have the second most important message in town. Do we have a great product? Check, right? We have this awesome product, which is exactly what the world needs right now, right? So if you look at our product, we have always out of the gates had this really simple and elegant, unique solution in the crowded and confused healthcare marketplace. We have a great product. Now, how about people? I don't know about you, Dr. Pete, but I 
love chiropractors and chiropractic teams. I love spending time with that. As soon as I drift outside of chiropractic and spend time with other people, I'm like, man, I'm hard pressed to find another group of people that I, that I love as much as being around just the awesome people that chiropractic attracts. So we've got, we've got the purpose, we've got the product, we've got the people. The fourth component of this is where I feel chiropractic falls down, right? Which is the profit piece of it. You know, I'm in my mind's eye, like chiropractic has had those first three for 120 years now, and, you know, we are a $20 billion, $19.2 billion industry. Tell me we shouldn't be 10 times that or more. We should be a $200 billion industry. No, no question about it. Just based on the need, right? The demand for what we, what it is we deliver, right? So at the end of the day, where we're falling down is that fourth P, which is profit. It's just, we're been undercapitalized as an industry. And I think it's because of what we're talking about uh, right now is that we have been focused solely on the practice and creating busyness versus focusing on the business itself and creating success, right? So that, that, so we could continue to generate more profit, which we can then invest in the people that we need to increase our reach, to increase uh, the to, to invest in the marketing that we need to increase our reach, to invest in the technology that we need to to increase our impact, to increase in the marketing of the research that we do in the promotion of the research. Right, this all takes capital, right? So it all takes profit. So I'm going to pull it all the way back, right? So we talked about a busy practice, but the truth is, is when you compare that and you really pull back the sheets. And you take a look at the business itself, very often those busy practices are a pirate ship, right? They're built on passion and brute force and talent and energy and time and effort, right? So it's just like, that's brute force, right? So when you look at the business itself, they're a bit of a cat circus, right? They're, there's no fundamental business processes in place, like you know, fundamental best practices in business are missing. And that's what creates that stress and strain and resistance to practices actually realizing their potential. So Dr. Pete, that's a blind spot, right? That's the, I, I feel like we walk with a limp as a profession, as an industry. And, you know, personally, I feel like that that's what we're doing in, in, in chiropractic as the remarkable practice with this podcast, with our coaching, with our programs and services. This is what we focus on is, both the practice and the business and making sure that people can create that scalable, durable, sustainable, and eventually transferable business. I think that your analogy of the restaurant is the perfect analogy because it is incredibly common that people could have an awesome restaurant that goes out of business. Yeah. Okay. Like people have an awesome, you know, purpose, you know, so it's like, man, we've, we've got this family restaurant, you know, we, we, we love, you know, taking great care of people and serving people. And we've got this theme and this passion and, you know, we love to prep food. We love to serve others and entertain people, right? We have this awesome purpose. And then we've got an awesome product. They, they create great food and everybody loves their food and they love the experience of being there. It's a great product. They got great people, a great staff yet they go out of business. 95% of businesses fail, right? So uh, about 95% of, of restaurants fail, which is a terrible statistic. But truth be told, it's an incredibly challenging industry. And I would suggest that this is at the root of that same problem, which is it's a great restaurant, terrible business. When you were sharing that, I was reflecting on when you pulled into my office, the name of the road was Brandy Circle. 
when we opened up, I specifically opened my clinic off the beaten path. We were actually in this back part of off the main road. And the reason why was because I said, even though I had had some, you know, opportunities to have spaces that were more on the main road, like the storefront, I chose to do an off the beaten path path. And my main philosophy and reason for this was that people that were going to find us, were going to, they were going to be searching us out. And I didn't necessarily want to attract someone to just to drive by my clinic. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, that's not the vision that I had. I said, the people, mine is going to be a destination place. People are going to choose to come. They're going to want to go there and they're going to come to us. I also liked it because it was tucked in the back. It was quiet. There was, you know, more of like a fields kind of around us and it was quiet and it was a newly developed area. But I remember Dr. Steven on the corner in the strip that was in front of the area where you had to drive past that to get back to where we were every three years, there would be a new restaurant on the corner. That's right. Every two to three years, it was a restaurant. It was a perfect, it was an end cap spot, beautiful spot, perfect spot to put a, put a restaurant every three years. It would turn over every three years. And I started thinking about that. It's like, what's going on now? Right across the street was another restaurant but it was a, it was a chain, a national chain. And while the restaurant on, on this side, the small business restaurant would turn over every three years, this, these people were just updating their paint and uh, adding some new features, some new landscaping on the outside of theirs, expanding their parking better (laughs) while this one kept turning over. Now I never ate at the chain restaurant, but I would go to these small business restaurants for lunch sometimes. And I loved the food. Never would I eat at that chain restaurant. I'll, I'll leave it unnamed. But it kept getting better and bigger and brighter and more awesome on the chain side. And they had a, a pillar right on that corner. And on the other corner, the small business kept turning over every three years. And Dr. Steven, they, I, every, every day I would drive in and out of that intersection through that. And I would see this happen. I realized that's exactly what we just talked about. Exactly. It had an amazing purpose. Oh, oh, we, we are a Mediterranean restaurant. We actually get our sauces directly from... My great uncle who send the, the recipe over, yeah. you know, right. like, and you would go there and be like, and, and my, and my grandmother's here in the back. I flew her all the way here yeah. just to make your, your meal today. And it's like, yes, you would go there. Spectacular. And like, oh, phenomenal. And then they shut down. I'm like, I wanted that today. I was really craving yes. that. I'd pull up and it'd be like, they're closed. What the heck? <laughs> and you recognize that that's exactly what happens that man, they had a killer product. The purpose, the message, the you know, the story. Oh, I love that story. You know, they genuinely had some staff. It wasn't always usually the best, but they had some help. But I'll tell you what, they were not running a profitable business, Dr. Steven. And that that was it really struck me. It actually was a stimulation for me to really go from being a owner operator to a CEO because I watched that happen and I really started to like honestly bother me and affect me because I actually wanted them to be successful. I was like, yeah, can I come in and help you? Cause you must stink at running a business because <laughs> you got great product, but your, your business acumen sucks, you know, like Isn't it amazing? Some help. And, and that's ultimately, I think actually what was inspiring to me and challenging to me to turn my job into business, turn my, become the CEO and then be able to serve like we are now, like you said, in this marketplace, which we love the chiropractic space, but we knew, Hey, we need to mature so that when we're doing 20 billion, it should be 200 billion. That's a 10X. We need a 10X what chiropractic is serving, not about us, but because right. the world needs this. They need what we have. And it's just like a chain restaurant gets all the business while this other s- smaller business should be getting business, but they're not. And it's, it's our so time. It's, 
to, to step in and step up. It's so true. In order for us to 10x our practices, we have to 10x our skill sets in business. Yeah. Right. So we've got to take the pirate ship and turn it into the battleship. Right. So when people are talking about their metrics associated with attraction, conversion, retention, the practice, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing 400 a week. And they'll look at me and like, isn't that great? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that one number is a fact. Right. Two numbers are a story. What's your collection visit average? Right. So, oh, you know, we're at a $50 collection visit average. I'm like, OK, awesome. That's a that's a million dollar top line revenue. Right. Top line. What's the bottom line? Mm -hmm. What's the profit? Do you know what your profit is? Like true profit, profit margin. Like what is your true profit and profit margin? Do you, do you know what that is? Right. So when you start talking about attraction, conversion, retention, your practice, you'll know your volume. You'll know your number of new patients. You know your, your collections. Right. So that's the, that's the practice side of it. The business side of it. I want, I want to know things like what's your margin? What's your profit margin? What's your rule of 40? Right. What's your R40? Like, give me your top line revenue growth relative to your profit margin. What's your rule of 40? Give me your RPE. Give me your revenue per employee ratio, right? So it's like, these are the business questions, gang. You you have to, do you know what your RPE is? Do you know what your revenue per employee is? That I mean, the RPE is the HRV of the chiropractic business, right? So when we know for the for a human being, when we're measuring somebody's nerve system function, we are we are looking for a wellness measurement. Uh, one of our favorite KPIs is heart rate variability, right? So HRV is that that's going to tell you, is this body optimized from the perspective of the nerve system function, autonomics and their state of health in the body? Are they optimized? Well, well, RPE, revenue per employee ratio is the HRV of the chiropractic business of, of, of a business, frankly. It tells us how we currently are, are we optimized? Are, are we right now at a place where we are optimized with the number of employees we have as far as how much revenue we're driving? And do we have margin to be able to grow the business? Can we, is it sustainable? And is it something that is scalable and that we can grow, right? So gang, these are business metrics and you have to have the sense of your business as much as you have the sense of your practice, right? So we say you need to be one part gut, two parts data. Do you have the data? Do you understand the language of the business? The truth is accounting is the language of business. And if you don't speak the language, you don't get your business. You don't understand your business. So Dr. Pete, I'm going to leave it there. So we don't go down the rabbit hole. Don't get me started on RPE. Uh, but you know, yeah. if, if docs, if this is resonating with you right now uh, as a listener um, and you're like, Oh man, <laughs> I do not. I do not. You asked me three numbers. I don't know any of those three, right? It's like, just know that it's impossible for you to optimize your business right now if you do not know those answers right away. Just, just know that right there. That's something that you can overcome. That's a dragon you can slay, right? So don't let, you know, I, I love the expression dumb tax. Don't pay the dumb tax on your business. If you, don't, if, you, if you do not understand that, if you have that gap in your knowledge, just know that that may be an invisible interference to you optimizing your business. And that's something that you can overcome. And we would love to help you do that. If that's something that you want to learn more about, just there's, there's a link down below. Jump on a, a call with us, right? We'll talk this out with you. We'll help you understand what those numbers are. We'll help you figure out what those numbers are, right? So just know where you are right now. Starting is, you know, the be most important thing is the brutal facts of understanding where you are right now. It's the first component of the, in the first thing you input into the GPS system. What is my current position? 
Because if you've got goals that you're trying to reach ultimately, and then the goals that you're trying to reach by the end of 2024, you have to first know where you are, right? So mm -hmm. to be able to put in the, the other GPS, the other points in the GPS system so you can get the directions that will get you there as quickly as possible. Let's pull time forward. Let's pull the money forward. Let's help you grow your business and make a bigger impact. Let's help you turn your pirate ship into a battleship. Just click the link below. Let's jump on a line. Everybody have a remarkable week. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner, dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, Remarkable CEOs, thanks for sticking around for this expert interview that I have the honor to spend some time in the studio today with Jeff Van Campen, who is a CEO, co-founder and CEO of Clinic Growth Accelerator. Man, I've been hearing your name for a long time, and I'm so proud to have welcomed you and your amazing organization into the Remarkable Practice. You're a remarkable success partner. You're an expert in this space. And Jeff, I can't tell you how happy I am to have you as a guest today, as an expert, to talk about how we're going to help reach more people, because we know right now what the world needs is chiropractic, and what chiropractic needs is more successful chiropractors, and you are helping us achieve that. So Jeff, thanks for taking the time and joining me today for the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Man, Dr. Pete, it's an honor to be here. I know we've had a long conversation, and um, I think this is one of the opportunities that we can mutually add some value, and you guys have had a tremendous experience and impact on our business. And I'm just excited to, you know, share the value back to you on the show today. You know, I think it's important that people understand who the expert is on the other side. So Jeff, would you do me the favor and our audience just to bring us a little insight into who you are? Who's the guy on the, on the other end of the mic here and help our uh, doctors, our CEOs that are tuning in right now, understand uh, who you are and, and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Love to. And I'll keep it short and sweet. Weirdly enough, I'm an engineer by trade, not a chiropractor. I went to school for industrial and systems engineering uh, out here at good old cold Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Essentially, grew up really, really good at math and science. Knew I had a love for business at, at a weirdly young age. My parents both ran businesses that they ran together for many, many years. So I knew that that was the path. I, I didn't maybe know like how it was going to play out like anything, but I eventually found myself in business. And when I was going to school for engineering, I met my business partner. His name is Nick. He's a co-founder of Clinic Growth Accelerator. And we really got deep into the online space in college. We started our own clothing company, built that up a little bit with, our, with some of the basic knowledge we knew it wasn't a very big business, but it got us started, you know? And so people ask like, how do, how do you get from, you know, running ads and doing clothing stuff to helping chiropractors grow their book of business? And so for me, although I'm an engineer by trade, my journey in chiropractic started as a patient. So when I was 25 years old, I had really, really bad, like middle back pain. 
And essentially that led to, you know, like anybody, I dealt with it for a long time and it got to the point where I just couldn't, ha I couldn't handle it anymore. So I started seeing a chiropractor at 25 years old, started off on a 36 visit cash plan. That's what got me involved. I got a lot of value from that. At the time I had an agency, but I was doing like a little bit of everything, gym owners, chiropractors, real estate agents. And so at that time I was like, you know, I got a lot of value from this profession more than I've ever got from anyone else. Let me dedicate the whole business to helping them scale. It's a good opportunity. It's what the, really the world needs nowadays, you know? So that's what was really created Clinic Growth Accelerator. We were able to take a lot of our online nerd engineering skills and apply that to clinical acquisition for new patients. And so that's ultimately what we help chiropractors do is really grow their book of business, get more new patients with a little bit more of a data and calculated approach than some individuals, you know? That's good. And I, I'm going to want to unpack that just a little bit more as we go specifically the data and analytics, because that was something that attracted me to you and us to you. And I think was really what made you a great fit for what we're doing, because so many of our CEOs, they're, you know, they're following our advice. If they listen to our podcast, that we're going to make our decisions with data, right? Two parts data, one part gut versus the other way around, which is the owner operator. It's more gut than data. So, you know, helping doctors build and then scale and scale well it requires it requires having intel, right? The visibility, the data, so we can make great decisions. So I'm going to want you to unpack that. So love your story, and uh, just super glad that um, the engineering world has shared you with us because you know chiropractors need more of that systems and engineering component when it comes to how we organize. And uh, we know marketing isn't necessarily hard, but it's organized, and you are organized and systematized. So I love that. So obviously you spoke to it, but I want to talk about the problems. You know, we say that every business exist to serve, solve a problem for someone else. So here you were, you were in the clothing space, you were kind of dabbling in real estate, fitness, Cairo. So you kind of spoke to that, but talk to me a little bit more about like this. So you saw an opportunity because you had a personal experience that changed your life, hmm. but you also saw there was an opportunity and maybe a gap and a problem in the chiropractic marketing ecosystem. Talk, talk to us through about kind of how you identified that this was an area that you could actually go in and help doctors what were you seeing were the problems and specifically, how are you helping chiropractors solve this problem of acquisition specifically of qualified new patients? Yeah, definitely. I think by my personal chiropractor, what I noticed about him, and that's kind of like where it began is that he had such an incredible product and service and he himself was just an incredible human being. But I think at the end of the day, like any business, like he knew his potential was not being like maximized. And I saw that with like a handful of clients I was working with was that really, really good clinicians good products, good service, their patients retained for a very long time, but they just like, were not able to create systems that produce reliable acquisition for new patients, you know? And so I think like, although new patients is like the outcome, I think one of the biggest challenges, like in my industry, in the marketing industry is what's known as data attribution, which is essentially like people are not looking at the correct data because they don't have the correct data and therefore they're making ina inaccurate decisions. So when you're running ads on Facebook, like if you ever use a marketing agency, one of the things you should always ask, and this is a little bit of a freebie for everybody listening, is that how are you attributing your data? Where are you getting the data from? How is it compiled? How are you looking at it? What changes are you going to make based on the data? And that's always the biggest thing because Facebook will lie to you. They will say, hey, man, you got 10 leads on this campaign. I got a client that's running right now with us that has over 60 leads in a single campaign. Facebook reports zero. It reports absolutely zero leads. And that's where a lot of the problems come in is because it's not that Facebook is the challenge. It's just that Facebook's data is the challenge. And so essentially what we did is we took a lot of the systems and data engineering that we had a background in, and we built out like custom spreadsheets for each of our clients 
that are all what are known as hard coded. That means instead of Facebook taking the data and putting it in there, we push all the leads to external Excel sheets for leads and booking requests and shows and all that kind of stuff. And that compiles like an accurate, hard-coded data that we then make decisions on. So if, if a client in our data says, hey, man, you got 10 leads, we know it's 10 unique leads. All duplicates are removed. Everything that could cause any sort of friction with the data has now been removed. And that just gives us clarity, you know? And I think that that's really like the actual backend sauce of it is that, hey, like, let's get new patients, but how do we do it consistently? In order to do it consistently, you got to have good data, you know? Well, wow, that's huge. I mean, even just me hearing you and I, I'm familiar with the digital marketing space, but the way you presented that was really clear and, and really helpful. Just the data attribution and how to get the correct data. You are mining that. You are then delivering that to your client in a in a format where you know that it's been double checked, triple checked. You you have what you call hard-coded spreadsheets, which is also brand new. And I hadn't heard that term before. I think that's really powerful. Uh, so that we know that we have the right data so we can make decisions. So can you give us an example of a scenario like like you said, Facebook shows zero, we show 60. Mm -hmm. How do you, in a sense, how do you prove that to your client? Like what if they have somebody on their team internally, right? They have a CA who's dedicated to working with you directly, kind of helping with the lead management and communicating back and forth, right? Like we teach, you know, one person's accountable. So who who's that person? Walk us through, like, how does that discussion go? How do we clarify that? Not showing like proof, but how do you how do you do that specifically so that me, if I'm a CEO who's airdropping in to look at my numbers, but I don't spend a lot of time in it, I just want a report. How does that, what does that look like in your scenario? Yeah, that's a good question. So inside the program, one of our big pillars is accountability, right? And we really believe that accountability wins wars in business. And it's, it, it, I always call it, it, it's boring, but stable, right? So every week with all, of our with all of our clients, whether they're brand new first month or they're 30 months in, we're sitting down with them at least, at least bi-weekly. But for our people within the first 12 weeks, we always do weekly reviews. So then what we do is we essentially sit down with them. We review how the lead management is going in terms of like lead qualification over the phone that we teach and all that stuff. But then we also get a chance to like showcase data. So we can actually visually show the client data to them, whether that's a running seven day average or running 14 day average, the last 30 days, the last quarter, whatever it is. So then we can say, hey man, here's what it's been in terms of lead cost, in terms of booking cost. Here's how you stack up against our average of all of our clients. So the average is kind of like that North star. So if we're way behind on the average, let's say a booking rate is 30%, that would be way below average, you know? So like, that's where we need to focus on. Because I think in business, like what happens with that, with, with, you know, online acquisition is that there are a lot of variables, but mm. most of the time you don't need to look at the variables. You need to look at it all from a high level and say, okay, this is green. Good. This is green. Good. Oh, this one's red. Let's focus on this one. It's so it's just classic old school bottleneck identification. It's like, what's the bottleneck? And we don't need to worry about lead cost, man. You're getting great cost per lead, but your booking percentage is not so hot. Here's what we can do to get the booking percentage up. Here's what we need from you. Here's what we need from us. And that's what we'll work on. So it's kind of like a, a bottleneck identification on that review and then action items to remove that bottleneck until we meet the next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is brilliant and it, it falls in line perfectly with what we teach, which is, you know, in order to turn your, your job into a business to, to create that, you have to have systems in place that create greater visibility and greater accountability. 
And that we, we, we organize visibility through our reporting systems and we organize our accountability through our meeting rhythms. And it sounds to me like in the first 12 weeks when someone's onboarding, especially when you're just getting things that kinks worked out and getting on the same page and getting some traction and seeing this, you know, building that relationship capital, that trust, right? Like you said, with, with different agencies, you know, maybe they've been through experience with another one or two prior to meeting with you and says, well, how's this going to be different? I love that you guys emphasize at the beginning, those regular check-ins, that meeting cadence, that meeting rhythm, which creates accountability. You're accountable to them and they're accountable to you. And yet also combined with visibility. So you actually see the data, what's going on. So you can make those data-driven decisions based on where the bottlenecks might be at any given time, any given week. So in real time, we're actually making the necessary adjustments and focusing on the things that we need to do. That's huge. Can you talk a little bit about the ROI then? So, you know, we teach that there's three tributaries when it comes to your marketing, internal, external, and digital. And our remarkable standard is that it should be a rule of thirds. One third of your new patient attribution from internal, one third from external, one third for digital. And with that, we say, hey, you should be budgeting eight to 12% of your top line revenue goal for your marketing. So therefore, a percentage of your dollars every single month should be dedicated toward digital marketing because you should be get generating at least a third, some, some clinics, it's more than a third of your attribution every single month directly from the digital marketing activities and focus and investments that you're making. So if I'm thinking about it through the lens of ROI, how do you present that to a doctor who's thinking through this from a business, strictly business decision, knowing, hey, we are, we are saving lives, but it's a business decision. How do, how do you share that with your, with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's like a, a couple different things on this. This is where like I really like to nerd out on this kind of stuff here. So cut up for thoughts. Like I like to share averages for Clinic Growth Accelerator. So we're a little bit particular. This is why I think we've meshed so well with your crew in the remarkable practice docs is because you guys have very good business infrastructure. So if somebody comes to CGA and they have a practice that has a very, very low PVA, very, very low dollar visit average or collections per visit, right? It can be tough to have any form of, any form of acquisition be profitable because the pricing model and the business structure, that's the foundation is weak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like adding gas to something that is already like a fire that's like spread all over the place. And sure, you get a bunch of little fires, but it doesn't build up, it builds out, you know what I mean? So the first thing is like looking at like the pricing and being like really particular about who we let in the program, okay? Mm. The second is our averages. So I like to share averages. So once a quarter, every, every 90 days, so this is Q4, we take our client averages. And so what we look at is basically like average number of leads, bookings, shows, and conversions, okay? So last quarter, which was Q4, we saw the following. 45 to 50 leads in a month. This is all monthly data. Average of 45 to 50 leads a month. From there, we're getting 35 to 37 to request initial appointments. Now that's key because the request is going to come in and the doctor's team is going to screen them over the phone to make sure that they're a valid fit. Okay. Then from there, you get 35 to 37 requests. You're not going to get everybody. We're usually seeing about 15 to a high end of about 22 bodies in the door on average. Some a lot more. Some a little less, right? That's the average. Uh, and then from there, our docs will convert anywhere between 10 to as high as 15 to 17 a month, depending on the flow and the nature of the provider's conversion. So that's really what we look at. And I know those averages are like kind of randomly distributed. I know that especially for the conversion, our conversion on the docs varies a little bit, but if I can get people to sign up 10 a month, that would be like a three to four to one return, which is always the goal, three to four to one. It's good. Yeah, those are great, great numbers. And I love that you use averages as you go through. It sounds like, you know, when we 
are setting our goals with our docs. We talk about base case, best case, worst case, and we're always looking back at the data. In our mm-hmm. peer process, we teach APPEAR, assess, plan, prepare. So assess, you're using averages to assess how we're doing. And I think that builds confidence you know, in a CEO and someone discerning what's the best path for us to take. So that's huge. Um, and I love that you guys are so data-driven and it, it, as you said, so aligned with what we're doing. So for thinking sure. about the future, right? The future in, in digital marketing. You know, how many years ago, chiropractors didn't even do digital marketing. Sure. Now we now if you're not doing digital marketing, you're a dinosaur. You're you're still stuck in the past. When you look ahead, knowing you're on the cutting edge, you and your business partner and your team, what what do you see? You know, moving forward in this, even just this next year, we're in 2024. You know, going into 2025, like what what do you see as you know the trends and and what do we need to be doing to stay on the cutting edge so we continue to make sure we're positioned to with our message in the marketplace to reach the people in a, what seems to be a very, very noisy world. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the key there too, is that everything is insanely noisy. So if you think about it, I use this example all the time with our clients. It used to be, if someone wanted to go to a chiropractor, they would go on a newspaper or like some like a phone book, right? And they would just find chiropractor in there and they'd more than likely choose to choose the business that had the coolest name in some cases, you know? Now it's phone, chiropractor near me, more options than they know what to do with, right? So what I think a lot of people are basing their decision-making on is authority. So I think having like what works really well with us, the guys that gals that come into our business that have a boatload of Google reviews typically will do very well. And we like to position those Google reviews in our clients' messaging all the way through the funnel so that we help build authority and trust. Because mm-hmm. the consumer doesn't know who to trust because there's so many options. So they're silently begging to be led. So at the end of the day, if we can help people build their trust, it's going to increase compliance, conversion patient retention, just betterment for the whole experience. So that's the first piece is that you want to make sure you're adding authority in your marketing message. If you're not capturing patient video testimonials one to two a week, that could be a massive opportunity for you because that's what people are looking for, right? They're looking to see who has the most testimonials, who has the highest probability of favorable upside for us, right? So that's the first piece. The second would be to linger on this just for a second is that content is going to be king. So what the, that doesn't mean you got to be Gary Vee. That doesn't mean you got to post a thousand videos a day. What it means is that if you're running paid ads with an organization like ours, we need to mutually keep up on the photos and videos that you send us because that is going to keep your cost of acquisition as low as it can possibly be because Facebook will slowly start to raise your cost to serve the ad as you continue to run the same ad because they don't want their users to see the same content over and over. Therefore, they accept more risk of the consumers leaving their platform, and they're just going to charge you more to serve the same ad. So rotating the content, even on an ad standpoint, weekly at a maximum bi-weekly is absolutely king. Hmm. One other like little nugget too, just because I want I have to share this. One thing to look at, 30-day cash collections, okay? So if you think about this, if you spend, let's say for easy math, let's say you spend five grand on marketing, all in, Okay. If you can collect five grand or more in the first 30 days, so five grand a month on marketing, and you can collect five grand or more in the first 30 days, you basically break even, if not profit, on patient acquisition, and you can break the game. That's why pricing matters so much. You get a guy that does $2,500 care plans. He sells two people pay in fulls. He literally liquidated the cost of acquisition. The marketing was five. He collected five. Anything past that is all upside. Plus, he now has the funds back in his pocket, 30-day cash flow, to reinvest the next month. 
So cash up front is massively important in a marketing campaign too. So mm. content is king, build authority and try to get as much cash up front from the patient paying fulls so you continue to reinvest and grow the biz. So good. Man, this has just been power-packed uh, interview. Thank you, uh, Jeff. This is me, Dr. Pete, with Jeff Van Campen, who is a co-founder and CEO of Clinic Growth Accelerator. Thank you for just dropping it, uh, dropping it like of course, you know always, you are, man. man. Just gold. Uh, so, last question I have for you. So, I know you know we have uh, a group of incredible CEOs who tune into our uh, this podcast, and so if they wanted to learn more, get in touch with you, take a next step. What what would be an, uh, a next step, easy way for a listener to to get to know you more and find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, definitely, for sure. So you can go to our website, www.accelerateyourclinicgrowth.com to book a call directly with us. I'll also, for you guys to leave a, a link with The Remarkable in the show notes. Uh, it takes you to a different page that talks about how we guarantee a minimum of 20 bookings every 30 days. That's really what we're known for in the industry. So I'll make sure that that link is sent over for you guys if you want to add that in the show notes. That's probably the best way to get in touch with our team. And then if you would like to email me personally, uh, I have a little bit of a long-winded email. I'm working on fixing this. It's just jeff.clinicgrowthaccelerator at gmail.com. Beautiful. Well, Jeff, thank you again. I will have all the links that you share, including your email in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, just you can click on the, the, the notes below here and you can get that information and go check out Clinic Growth Accelerate again, a remarkable success partner, someone who we trust and are honored to do business with and help more chiropractors help more people. So Jeff, thanks for joining me again today. Absolutely, my good sir. I appreciate you having me. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And for all of you who are our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Have an incredible rest of your week. And I look forward to seeing you again when you tune back in next week. Until then, take care. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.